Uh, I just wanted to continue singing. <laughs> I just wanted to continue singing because it was uh, it was uplifting. It was a balm for the weary. Thank you, brother Felix, for leading us so well, and uh, thank you for the congregation for singing so well. You know, it's so encouraging when people when people are singing. Uh, loudly as well because it, it encourages us to be able to, to see that we are on the same path and uh, in the same war we are together uh, you know if someone is not singing then you have to question to say uh, are we on the same team <laughs> as it were uh, are we is all well with you in your soul if you're not really singing with fervor and looking to Christ and singing with all your might. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 17 to 18 is our text today. But what I'll do is I'll read from verse 10 to 20 to get a, a context and then we'll focus on verse 17 to 18. And the title of my sermon today is The Word and Prayer, which is really going to be my focus today, despite the fact that the Apostle Paul says something just before uh, the Word and Prayer. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 to 20, and I'm reading from the English Standard Version. Finally, be, be strong in the Lord. And in the strength of his might, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the evil one or the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to, to, to withstand in the evil day. And having done all, to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints and also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth, boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare boldly as I ought to speak. Let us pray. Ah, my gracious master and my friend, Assist me to proclaim the glories of my God and King. 
to spread through all the earth the wonders of his grace. We thank you for this wonderful day. Even as we still our hearts now to hear the word of God proclaimed, may you still instill in us a fear of reverence and awe trembling before the throne of God that even as I stand here I'm a representative of almighty God and I will be held accountable for every word I utter every sentence I expound dear God may we be truthful in all we do May the hearers not be distracted by the problems of life, by their own sin, by the tribulations of Zimbabwe, but may they hear the word of God as it is pure, delivered in a mighty way by the Holy Spirit to the heart. And may we see changes from the inside out and if there are any people in here today who are not Christians may it be that today may be the day of salvation do this for us we pray in Jesus name Amen friends one of the realities of the Christian life is that we are in an ongoing battle that we will be in until the Lord either comes back or until the Lord takes us home to himself through death. Day by day, the moment we open our eyes to the rising of the sun, to the sounds and the hustle and bustle of the big city life, so the battle rages on. The battle of the dark forces against the Christian. And friends, isn't this what the Apostle Paul is arguing for as he writes to the Ephesian church? And Paul has taken them all the way from chapter 1 to chapter 6 where he has taught them on salvation, the sinfulness of man, the graciousness of God, the mercy of God upon sinners, how the Christian is to live in response to the reality that has taken place in his or her soul. And now Paul rewinds them back to, to, to chapter 2 where he had earlier mentioned that one of the enemies of the Christian is the devil. And now he's giving an exposition of how severe and serious this battle is. The Christian life is a battle, friends. So as we look at the next pieces of God's armor that are equally vital for the war, let's keep in mind that putting on the full armor of God is one, necessary, two, not easy, three, non-negotiable, four, no piece of clothing is more important than the other. You must be fully dressed. You cannot just go to the devil wearing the helmet. 
No belt, no shield, no breastplate of righteousness. No belt of truth, no shoes on your feet for the gospel of peace. And friends, we see here in this text from verse 17 to 18 that the apostle Paul assures us that in order for us to use the weapons of the word and prayer as weapons of spiritual warfare, I would like to argue that first you must have from the scripture the helmet of salvation, which is the mind. The second thing is the habitation of scripture. You must be living in the scripture to be able to fight this war. The third thing I want us to see is habitual prayer. Helmet of salvation, habitation of scripture, habitual prayer. Those are the three points that I want us to see from the text. Verse 17, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. I want us to see first the helmet of salvation, which is basically the mind. There was a sermon that was preached by R.C. Sproul once in which he addressed how we live in an age that is anti the mind. We live in a world that is anti the intellect, where Christians intentionally avoid to think. And friends, I want you to think about this. It is so amazing how the mind works. And one of the areas that Satan wants to attack is the mind of the believer. He deceived Eve's mind. He said, did God really say? And the mind was jumbled up. And friends, the helmet here refers to the mind that is controlled by God. When one is saved, as they grow, their minds are being renewed. Listen to the Apostle Paul in the letter to the Romans, chapter 12, verse 2. Do not be conformed to, the, to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And dear friends, if we are in Christ, let us learn to, to discern what we allow into our minds. What our minds dwell upon. Just like the helmet worked as protection for the soldier on the head, which is a very valuable place to be attacked, so salvation in Christ, a mind regulated by the word of God serves as a hard barrier to be penetrated by the devil. A mind regulated, saturated by scripture. A mind that is filled with scripture is able to uh, sort of translate to our lives 
and we're able to live lives that are glorifying to God because our minds are filled with the scripture. One commentator says, here where it says, take the helmet of salvation, it's a different Greek word from verse, uh, from verse 13 and 16. This one is translated to say, receive. Not, you, you don't take up salvation. You receive, it's given, it's, it's bestowed. Accept the helmet offered by the Lord. Namely, salvation appropriated. Listen to what Paul says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 8, as the context is about the day of the Lord. He says, but since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on the breastplate of, plate, uh, of faith and love, and the helmet of our hope of salvation. So the helmet functions this way. God has saved you from sin. That is the helmet of salvation. And once God has saved you from sin, he then gives you the grace to be saturated and regulated. Your mind is to be saturated and regulated by God himself. And how does God do it? He does it through his word. That is the helmet of salvation. That salvation itself is actually a, a, an armor against the evil one. To be in Christ is actually an offensive weapon. Those who are not in Christ are following the course of this world in Ephesians chapter 2. Those who are not in Christ are children of the devil. There is no negotiation. There is no middle ground. There is no sort of, well, pastor, uh, can we have time to discuss this? The Bible is very clear. If you're outside of Christ, you're a child of the devil. And the devil is using you to do his purposes. And you are in the wilderness. You are dead. Friends, I have two areas. I want us to apply the helmet of salvation to our personal life. First of all, I want us to think of A, positively. Fill your mind with God. Fill your mind with God. He who often thinks of God will have a larger mind than the man who simply plods around this narrow globe. That was Charles Haddon Spurgeon. And friends, meditate upon God. Contemplate, wonder, be amazed. If your mind is immersed in God, you will not have time to play cat and mouse with the devil. It's just garbage in and garbage out. Friends, you must be careful of what you fill your mind with. 
as a Christian. Sometimes we want to walk around as if we are victims and say, the devil has just got me. Ah, life is just so tough. And upon further investigation, we will then ask, friend, what have you been filling your mind with? It starts here. What is going on in your life? What movies are you watching? What music are you listening to? What is the entertainment that grips your mind? Where are the places you spend your time? If you spend your time with thieves, you will eventually steal. If you spend your time with whores, you will eventually be given to whoredom. If you spend your time with gossips, don't be surprised if you are gossiping. Garbage in, garbage out. What you put into your mind will influence you greatly. And many people refuse this active radical amputation. They call it legalism. Pastor, this is legalism. We want to be free in Christ. And yet the truth about legalism is that legalism is when I impose my standards on you. But when I tell you, hey, friend, I think you're not... The places you're now hanging around these days must be careful. That is warning a brother in Christ. But the next thing I want to uh, apply the helmet of salvation negatively is worry. Worry, anxiety. You know, the devil likes to attack the Christian in the area of anxiety. That is the devil's playground. Doubt. Anxious about what we will eat. What we will drink. In Zimbabwe, anxiety is like our second nature, isn't it? We are anxious about transport money. We are anxious about whether tomorrow we'll make it to work. We are anxious about what we're going to eat. Hatina Usavi, there's no sadza, there's nothing, there's nothing. We are anxious. Tomorrow we need to pay rent. There's anxiety everywhere. And the devil is having a field day. But friends, I want to say this. If you are not daily seeking to grow in the Lord Jesus Christ and you are not giving yourself to the means of grace that God has provided, i.e. meeting with other believers, prayer and spiritual disciplines, your mind will be preoccupied with worry and it will devour you. Anxiety can kill you. Why do you think people commit suicide? Depression, anxiety can literally kill you. 
And we must be in a place where we agree together with the scriptures that anxiety and worry are sin. Sin. That needs to be repented of. Matthew 6 verse 25, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. This is the word of the Lord Jesus. So we must take them as they are. What you eat or what you drink, know about your body, what you put on. Listen to the question that the Lord Jesus proposes. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? says you're worried but your life is more important the fact that you are alive friend is important it's more important and the devil can cause you to worry he can vex you he can cause you to doubt God to question his goodness and you end up sinning against God that's spiritual warfare. Doubt, worry, anxiety can cause us to sin against God. Let me give you an example. A simple example could be a young man who is failing to marry. He's a, he, and so that failure, the pressure of the church, the pressure of family, why, when are you getting married? When are you getting even a young lady? What happens next when they doubt God's promises? They sneak out and go and impregnate someone. Worry and anxiety can cause you to sin even with your mouth. When people are worried and anxious, just look at what they say. <laughs> when you're worried and anxious, if you want to see the fruit of worry and anxiety, just listen to the things you say. The mind must be regulated by the scripture. And sadly today, we have thoughtless Christians foolish they don't think to even say okay so what does God say about this and friends it is only through troubled waters do you see a mature Christian And if your mind is not governed by the word of God, the devil will attack you. The devil loves a worried Christian. If you are dealing with worry right now, friends, I would like to ask you to repent and run to Christ. If you are anxious right now, I call you from the scriptures, run to Christ and entrust yourself to Whatever it may be, I don't know. Run to Christ and entrust Him. So we looked at the helmet of salvation. 
Secondly, I want us to look at the habitation of Scripture. Paul wants to show us that one of the weapons of spiritual warfare is, is Scripture. He mentioned the belt of truth before, the foundation, which is the scriptures. Now he's actually saying the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, which is an offensive weapon. And I've, and I've pointed out that one of the ways that we are to defeat Satan or to wage war against the devil is habitation. Of scripture living in the word of God friends you do not attack the devil and his agents with your own power or declarations you attack him with the word of God that the spirit uses to neutralize him but this is a continuous thing it is not a once-off thing. It is not a once-off war. You don't fight today and sleep. You continue being saturated by the scriptures, understanding the word of God. And once the devil throws a temptation at you, you say, thus it is written, no, and you leave. That is the offensive power of the scriptures. And this is what James Montgomery Boyce says. He says, the term used in verse 17, where it says, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The word of God is the rema, not the logos, which is a saying or an utterance. And friends, it is interesting that he doesn't use the same word that John uses in John chapter 1 when he described Jesus as the word, Logos. So this is what James Montgomery Boyce says. While Logos embraces nearly everything, Rema has slighter weight. It really means a saying. In this case, a particular specific portion of God's written revelation. John 3.16 is Rema. Romans 3.23 is Rema. And according to Paul, we are to overcome Satan by particular words or portions of scripture. Friends, I want, I want to say today that it is good to read and understand the word of God. But it is not enough to ward away the assaults of the evil one. You need to have memorized sayings and portions of scripture. Those who shun scriptural memorization are vulnerable. If you don't memorize the scriptures and the, and, the, and the word of God is not on your heart, you are vulnerable to attacks because you, the, the word of God is almost coming in and out. But if it comes in the mind and sticks, you are able to ward off e evil when a temptation comes. You will know what to say, even without 
the Bible in your hand. <laughs> Here are some questions. Do you have scriptures, uh, Felix, that word of sexual temptation? If a prostitute was to come here, Felix, what would you say to them from the word of God? Huh? What about lying? What does the Bible say about lying? Can you point me to scriptures that talk about lying? Cheating, stealing, discouragement. If you are discouraged, what scriptures can encourage you in a discouraging situation? What about envy? When you're, when you're tempted to be envious of your neighbor's cattle, do you know what to say from the scriptures? What about gossip? When Paul says, gossipers will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. That should scare you out of your boots. And you keep quiet. <laughs> slander. We are tempted to slander a brother. When I'm looking at Brother Sunday and I want to slander him, what does the scripture say about slander? Zip it. Regulated by the scriptures. We must be people who are of the word. You see, I don't understand why Christians... are not like the world in terms of the way the world... You know, you don't have to ask someone from the world whether they're in the world. You see, they're in their natural habitat. They do what the world does. They enjoy what the world does. They blend in with the world. Shares that you know where in Yama. But when it comes to Christians, we, we don't want to find ourselves in the scriptures because I don't know why. This is our life. God has brought you from death to life. He has brought you from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. You were an orphan, you have been adopted into the family of God. Why then are you running back to the streets? Why don't you make a habitation in your home? The scriptures, love them, eat them, feast on them. Whereby, you know, this is just a sort of a, 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 a dream of mine or an aspiration. Whereby we now speak the scriptures to one another. Huh? Imagine having a conversation, grace and peace, brother. <laughs> well, not using the same language, but oh, greetings. Hey, how's it going? Oh, then you quote scripture. Do not worry about tomorrow. And then there's a back and forth. You know, kingdom business. Kingdom communication. Kingdom living. Living in the scriptures. 
And even our jokes will start being scriptural. We must make a habitat in the word of God and eat in us. And friends, I want to give you practical ways to memorize scripture. You can use memorization cards. You can study the word of God in quietness. In this day and time when it's noisy, Mr. Felix, maybe when you are going to work, maybe if you rise up at five o'clock, you know that your wife is not awake. You spend time in the word of God. In quietness. That is the best way to memorize scripture. If you read scripture in a noisy place, it will be difficult for you to actually memorize. Because it's supposed to stick. There, there, there shouldn't be competing entities. Things which are competing with your memorization. Pray that God, by his spirit, will enable the word of God to stick. If you don't pray that God would stick the word of God to your mind and to your heart, the word of God will fill. You will forget. That's why when you go, go to evangelism, you've got people who say, ah, brother, I need to see my scriptures. And the person has been a Christian for 10 years. He's saying, huh? I need to see what You don't know where to start. You, you, you get what I'm saying? That could be part of the problem. We are not memorizing scripture. <coughs> the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, is a potent weapon of warfare that soldiers of the cross can use to ward off the evil one. Thirdly, I want us to see habitual prayer. Habitat of scripture, habitation of scripture, habitual prayer. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Verse 18, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. Prayer should not be an afterthought for the believer, but rather their primary source of strength. Our Lord Jesus Christ prayed when he ate. After ministering, he went alone to secluded places to pray. He prayed in agony, in pain. You could even say the last words on the cross, Eli, Eli, Lama Sabatani, were a prayer. And friends, he gives us a motto of prayer. He rose up early. He prayed all the time in joy, in happiness, in sadness, in agony. Praying in the spirit. Remember what the Apostle Paul says in Romans, Romans 8. For we do not know how to pray or what to pray for. But God, the Holy Spirit, helps us to pray in our weakness. Have you ever tried to pray and nothing really comes out? You're just stuck. It's not that the Holy Spirit has left you. But I'm trying to show you that it's the Holy Spirit 
that enables you to pray accompanied by the word of God and then you are able to pray Paul says pray at all times he's saying there is no time that you shouldn't be praying he's not saying you should be just going around no no that's not what he's saying he's saying pray when you're sick pray when you're tempted pray when when temptation strikes when you're in sin cry out to God for mercy for help when 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 things are are seemingly uh, dark and the part and, and the, the, the it does not seem like there's light at the end of the tunnel you pray you pray for your for, for, for the salvation of your relatives you pray for for the church to grow you pray for the church to repent of sin you pray the Christian is a, a person of prayer with all kinds of prayers and supplications there is nothing that is too foolish to pray for God wants to know he already knows people say ah you know pastor I can't pray for that pray <laughs> I remember the joke that we're sharing with uh, Mr. Sandy uh, he likes to use the phrase now uh, when I was telling him about things uh, of nightmares uh, and he said oh pastor I'm struggling with this so have you considered praying? <laughs> it's, 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 it seems funny and awkward. But the truth is, have you considered praying? <laughs> huh? Has the consideration come to your mind that actually you need to pray about? And friends, I want you to see how the word and prayer are together. If you know the word of God and you read and you meditate and you memorize and you live in the word of God, you will be able to cultivate a habit of praying. The, the two cannot be divorced. If you remove the word of God out of the occasion, out of the equation, you can't pray. You won't pray. Your prayer life will be dead. So you must use both of the artillery, artillery that God has given you, the word and prayer. Prayer and the word. When you pray, you say God's words after him, to him. When you read the word of God, you are fueled up. It's like gasoline which fuels you up to pray. You're sort of refueling for you to pray. And that is why when you read the word of God and the Holy Spirit applies it to your heart and sets your heart on fire, you are then able to go on your knees and say, oh God of mercy, hear my cry. Paul says the harder or tougher the times, the more prayer needed. The more intense the temptation, the increased urgency to pray. We sometimes laugh at charismatics. 
When they talk about all night prayers, when they talk about, you know, these, these things that, you know, you know, pray, wake up and pray at midnight. But we scarcely consider that they may be right on the prayer part. To say, we need to pray. To wake up and pray and speak to God. Say, Lord, I've got things that I'm that are messing with me. I'm struggling with bitterness against my husband. I'm struggling with bitterness against my boss, against my wife. I'm struggling with lusts, with sexual sin. My 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 hands are dirty. But I've got their, sorry, my soul, my heart is dirty, but I walk around acting as if all is well. We see that in Luke 18 verse 1, Jesus told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. Friends, if you pray, the situation may not be resolved then. But I guarantee you one thing, you won't lose heart. A praying church. We must be a pray, we must be praying individuals. A praying church. Come together and pray. When we say prayer meetings, people should be running to be together in prayer. People should be rushing to say, I want to be in church so that I can pray. Oh, 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 when it's time for your devotion, you should be excited to say, oh Lord, this is a time I need to utilize so that I can pray. I need to find time to be in solitude so that I can pray. means that maybe if you want to go to the mountain you can after all Mr. Felix <laughs> if you want to go to the mountain you can after all and friends I would like to say if you are not a Christian pray that God may save you from sin pray Cry out to God and say, God, why am I stuck in this situation? I know my heart is not saved. But why am I stuck? And if you are a Christian, pray that the Lord will teach you how to pray as an offensive weapon in spiritual warfare. Friends, I, I don't know about you, but I'm ashamed of my prayer life. Sometimes I think maybe, maybe I'm very Christian. When I see giants of the faith, the likes of George Muller, who used to pray 
for orphans, for the food to come to the orphanage. He made a pledge that he would not ask for donations, but he would pray and God would answer. Is, is, is that, how, is that how, how big our God is from the scripture? When we look at all our small problems that we have compared to who God is, doesn't it propel us to have audacious prayers? Prayers that are out of this world. Prayers that are big. You know, even if we're willing to look like fools to people. And people say, these people are fool. You're foolish. How can you pray for that? We must be a praying people. Even... You could be even praying even when you're amongst people as, as, as conversations are going on you are praying in your heart you say Lord may we glorify you in the way we live oh I, I, I'm encouraged by that brother when you say a statement of encouragement I say I just pray for Felix bless this young man in my heart of hearts bless this young woman grow this young woman in this area oh wow you're doing work in this person. Friends, Paul is saying to the Ephesians, the ones who are the temple of Diana, cult prostitution, they're the temple in the city where there were prostitutes. He's writing to them and he's saying, one of the ways to battle in the Christian life, put on the helmet of salvation. Well, it's already on you, but regulate your mind, renew it through the scriptures. Have a habitation in scripture and habitual prayer. Amen.